Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, Zach, we are here. We are in championship week, fantasy football championship championship week. Congratulations if you have made it to your championship. The job is not finished. Okay, right. you probably made it. You might have won a little bit of prize money for being second place, but you will not be second place. Okay, we're not here for that. We're here for first place. We're going for it all. Okay, don't mess around. This is our waiver wire show for week 17, our final waiver wire show for this season, which is crazy to say. 17 weeks of this now, Zach. Yeah. Um, it's been fun, but the job is not done. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the championship in in one of our leagues together, the, the only league that matters. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so that should be fun. I was already trash talking. With the other guy uh, in the championship round uh, yeah. this morning, because he does listen to the podcast, and you know, just so you guys know, um, a lot of the information in this podcast will be incorrect and wrong, just to throw him off just a little bit. <laughs> okay, I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, so listen for uh, we, subliminal messaging yeah. <laughs> during yeah, the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, this week there's a lot of guys you can pick up. Uh, you know, and potentially put in your lineup. You know, obviously, you know, I, I hear the argument all the time, like, oh, if you're playing this guy in the playoffs, you're going to lose. Like, listen, there's a lot of turnover, right? Like, people are plugging people in, and you got to win. You know, you move on, and you still kind of got – you might have some holes on your roster, even in yeah. championship week. It happens. Injuries, and, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen. And if you've been streaming properly, if you've been picking guys up and throwing them in, and you've been doing it properly, like, you probably have a good chance of winning regardless if you don't – have your studs right like anything can happen any any given week so sometimes the worst teams are in the championship in this in this case it's not the case the the, the two best teams of course of course yes (laughs) of course have made it to the championship but uh you know we're gonna still need uh to pick up some players on the waiver wire this week and you know let's 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 get it popping you know if you're not starting anybody whoever you're not starting just drop them you know and pick up a bunch of these guys Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about last night's game real quick, though, dude. Boring. Austin Eckler. <laughs> yeah. Boring. Boring game for sure. Yeah. But Austin Eckler came through. Yep. Two big touchdowns. You probably needed a little bit of that if you had Eckler because he's probably a big part of why your team, you know, is in the playoffs and two big touchdowns. That's awesome. Keenan yeah. Allen came through with 20 PPR points without even scoring mm-hmm. 11 for 104. Since coming back from injury in week 11, Keenan Allen is the PPR wide receiver six. And in his last three games, he's averaging 10 catches for 94 yards. Um, So he had 14 targets in this game. That accounted for 45% of Justin Herbert's targets. Um, And we mentioned that this might be the case because they were missing Kenny Moore. Um, But yeah, Keenan Allen, you know, he didn't help you early on, but he's helping you punch tickets to the fantasy championship. 
Yeah, and he's showing you what you missed out on all season. <laughs> you know, he's just a PPR machine. He's not going to be fantastic for non-PPR, but in PPR, which I imagine like is like the new standard scoring at this point, um, he's been fantastic, nothing short of fantastic. In a game where Justin Herbert puts up six fantasy points, doesn't throw a touchdown, you know, he only, th- only throws for 235 yards, 45% target share, and over 100 yards receiving. Like, Keenan Allen's the guy, you know, in this Chargers passing attack. And Justin Herbert dials into him anytime he's on the field. So it's great to see him back and doing his thing. This is pretty much what we expected all season. His ceiling is there if he can score. He hasn't done a whole lot of that, but the floor has been so fantastic, you know, like you said, with the target share going his way. And he catches a lot of the passes. It's not like he's getting a bunch of targets and catching four or five of them. He's catching double digit pretty much every week. So Keenan Allen, he was excellent last night. He seems to be the safest wide receiver by far uh, of the guys on the Chargers. Mike Williams, he had a semi-okay game. You know, it could have been better. Uh, We didn't see much of the scoring, like I said, last night. Um, I was expecting a bigger game overall, but um, at least he was able to get a couple targets and, you know, salvage his day. And Josh Palmer, he kind of just didn't do a whole lot. But that makes no. sense when Keenan Allen has 14 targets, you know, and Justin Herbert doesn't throw any touchdowns. So overall, those are the takeaways. Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen got it done. But Keenan Allen especially, you know, he's been fantastic since he came back. Gerald Everett, big fat zero for you <laughs> yeah. in your semifinals. Uh, you know, he's had a solid floor like all season long. He didn't show his ceiling much. Yeah. The floor was there every single week, except when it mattered most. <laughs> so I can yeah. totally see, you know, some people depending on Gerald Everett last night just to get him, get them, you know, a few points, maybe five or six PPR points to win it for them. Zero. I could imagine that happening. I actually had that happen to me in another league. Uh, I was in a consolation bracket in this league, and it didn't matter. I had one out of the toilet bowl in that league, but I had Gerald Everett <laughs> and Nick Foles. They needed to combine for three points. Oh, my um, God. Nick Foles finished with negative points, and Gerald Everett had zero. So it didn't matter, but I'm sure there are some horror stories out there about moving on to the championship and people relying on Nick Foles and Gerald Everett, and it just didn't come through for them. So, <laughs> you know, if that happened to you, I'm feeling for you tonight and today. I mean. Oh, my God. That's terrible, man. I started Nick Foles in a two-quarterback league. Yeah, I did too. I, I didn't work out. I didn't work out <laughs> no. so well. No, he didn't look all, like but... the Nick Foles that we knew. It, it was pretty no. Bad. <laughs> three interceptions. Th- this offense couldn't get anything going at all. No. Um, no. Zach Moss was the answer, by the way. You know, if you were trying to decide between him and Deion Jackson, right? Zach Moss was the answer, kind of what we expected. Um, I think he's still a flex play next week. You know, because we know that he's the guy in the backfield. He's pretty much playing a role on early downs, on passing downs, short yardage. You know, so he's in play once again against the Giants next week, even though, you know, he didn't have a good fantasy day last night. And this offense did not look good at all. But, you know, this could be a closer game than you think against the Giants next week. And, you know, he's still in play in the flex. Uh, You know, he was our, I think he was like our RB 28 or something like that. He was like a mid RB3 something like that going into this week. So I'm glad we weren't too high on him. Uh, but going into next week, you know, somewhere around RB30, RB31, something like that. Yeah. Most likely. I mean, you you look at the offense he's on. We weren't expecting humongous things from him anyway. I think this is kind of what I envisioned. And we talked about that, you know, obviously with the ranking. But um, the workload was there. It's not like he's splitting very much at all with Deion Jackson. You know, he's yeah. obviously the guy in the backfield. So that's a good thing, you know, if you picked him up on the waivers, even though he didn't put out a, don- a ton of points this week. He could definitely do some things next week. You know, obviously, they were playing from behind pretty much the whole time. The offense couldn't get anything going. I don't imagine we see Nick Foles under center again. I mean, maybe they make another change unless other quarterbacks aren't healthy. Um, But 
Zach Moss. I'm okay starting as a flex, like you said, too, because of that workload being there. Uh, I think he would have had a lot more carries if they weren't just playing from behind. They were in a negative game script all game. I have no idea what the, what the Colts are going to do at quarterback next week. No Does idea. Does it matter? Like, I mean, at this point, they're just trying to like make it through the season. <laughs> you can't bring in Matt Ryan back because they basically said that Nick Foles is going to start the rest of the way. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I don't know what they do. Nick I'm Foles guessing is terrible. Nick Foles is the quarterback. He was so, <laughs> so bad. He was so yeah. bad. I mean, I would go back to Matt Ryan just to be semi-competitive. At least yeah. he gave them a 33-point lead. <laughs> and then they, were, yeah. they went away from him, obviously, um, in the second half of that game against the Vikings last week. But I've thought the entire time that Matt Ryan gives them the best chance to win. I don't think they're a good team right now anyway. They need to answer questions at quarterback. But it's not like that's going to be addressed this season. So at this point, I would just put Matt Ryan back in. You know, you, you paid him. Uh, that's that, that contract that he got. Um, he's on your team for the rest of this this season. You don't have to deal with him next season if you don't want to. Um, for the fantasy, for the sake of fantasy football, I hope the Colts uh, coaches are listening to this. Just please put Matt Ryan back in, <laughs> so we Agreed. can have some fantasy relevance. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, but the past game did not look good. You know, Michael no. Pittman. You know, I guess still in play as a wide receiver three, maybe a low end wide receiver three if Nick Foles is is, is starting. But I would not be confident in that next week. All right, let's get into the waiver wire. Let's get it popping. Let's do it. Yep. Final one. Shedding a tear. Super sad. <laughs> Let's get it popping. Tyler Algier at number one. Uh, we spoke about Algier yesterday, you know, but he has now taken the lead, a legit lead, in the Falcons' backfield. Uh, 50-50 split, you know, up until this past weekend. Uh, but he had a 23-9 to lead on, on Patterson in terms of opportunities in this game. 18 carries, five targets. He has Arizona this week, so that's a great matchup. Uh, he's right at the borderline of being 50% rostered on Yahoo. He's mostly rostered on Sleeper, close to 70%, but he's widely available on ESPN. So, you know, if he's available, grab him, right, start him. If you're not starting him, just grab him and put him on your bench so that your other your opponent can't get him. Uh, but in most competitive leagues, he probably won't be available. But in yours, he might be. Yeah. No, I, I like Tyler, Al- Tyler Alger as a guy a lot this week, you know, to pick up the waiver wire out of the week um, because – he had that, you know, receiving workload a little bit. We saw that in the past couple of weeks. He was over 50% round participation, which was pretty cool. But then you also talk about him, you know, out snapping and out pacing Cordero Patterson touches on the ground too. It looks really good for him. Like you said, especially with the matchup coming up. Um, it, it's it's not fantastic. It's pretty good matchup. It's not like fantastic. But I think Cordero Patterson at this point is taking a backseat to Tyler Algier. Um, I thought they might lean into this youth movement a little bit. It looks like they are in Atlanta because there's not much else they can do with this season. Um, it looks like it's either going to be the Panthers or the Buccaneers coming out of the South. But um, I, I think as long as Tyler Algier is getting this type of workload, you know, you can't ignore it. I'd be surprised if he was still sitting on the waiver wire. We had him on this on our waiver wire last week too, and he was pretty hot. Yeah. yeah. So we, we had him on the waiver wire there. for like for weeks now. <laughs> yeah, but, but <laughs> so, even even then, you know, he wasn't getting this type of workload. Like this, these no, past no. two weeks, they've ramped him up huge, and it exactly. looks like he's going to continue to get that the rest of the way, albeit only one week. <laughs> yeah, no, one, one more week, but it's a good matchup too. So this is good timing for sure. Yeah. If you have Algier, um, I got DJ Shark at number two here. Outside of the Jets game, you know, where no one should have started him. He's averaging 100 yards receiving in the other three games out of the last four. And now the Lions get Chicago. And Chicago has actually been uh, very good against perimeter wide receivers who line up on the left side. And that is where Chark runs most of his perimeter routes from. But Chark still runs almost 60% of his routes overall away from the left perimeter. Out of the slot, 
and and the right side. So and that's coming into last week. So Chicago right. has given up the seventh most and the fifth most fantasy points to those two spots respectively over the last four weeks. So there's still an opportunity for Shark to continue that production this week. Yeah. That definitely. I mean, you look at it, we, we knew that he wasn't going to do very well against the Jets two weeks ago, and that came to fruition. And like, like we said yesterday on the podcast, we were talking about it. he's been one of the easiest ones to project and predict this season, I think, especially on this tail end of it. But I think you also look at the game script that this might be. I think this could be a high-scoring game. You know, obviously the Lions are fighting for their playoff lives, and the Bears are scrappy. They had a tough time against the Bills last week with Justin Fields having his first dud, but I, I don't expect Justin Fields to keep failing. You know, like he did last week. I think that he's going to have a bounce back game. He has that rushing ability. We saw what he did the last time they played the Lions. It's going to come down to that. If it's going to be a high scoring game, I see DJ Chark, you know, hitting that 100 100 yard threshold pretty easily. Um, And a touchdown, you know, that might be in the cards too. And when he scores a touchdown, it's always long. So I think you're looking at DJ Chark as a really nice pickup. Um, He's been on the waiver wire too uh, a while. So I would definitely pick him up. Uh, He's been on a nice streak outside of that Jets game, like you said. Jahan Dotson, I have him at three here. He is not available on most sleeper, uh, on sleeper in most leagues, but he is widely available on other platforms. Two top 10 finishes each of the last two weeks. Top 20 finished the game before that. He's on a roll right now. And he gets Cleveland this week, whose perimeter defense, you know, hasn't been great, but perimeter wide receivers usually don't go off on them. Right. So they've been right. like holding them, you know, to their floor for the most part, I would say. The only wide receiver, you know, who has really gone off lately, only perimeter wide receiver who has really gone off lately has been Jamar Chase, right? And the last time it happened uh, before that was Mike Williams back in week five. So right. the matchup is all right. Uh, th- there might be a quarterback change to Carson Wentz. And even though Wentz to Dotson, that that connection was fine earlier in the year, those touchdowns earlier, er, earlier in the year, that w- they were against Jacksonville, Detroit, and then Dallas out of the slot against Anthony Brown. So yeah. good matchups all around, you know, when he did end up doing his thing early on in the year with Carson Wentz. So that's why I'm preferring DJ Shark just slightly over Dotson this week if I had to choose between the two. Yeah, I think that's a fair analysis. I do like Jahan Dotson, though. You know, his route participation was up to 97% last week. He actually out-targeted um, Terry McLaurin. And I don't know if that has to do with Carson Wentz coming in or not. We were looking at that. But um I think with Carson Wentz in, we saw him earlier in the season. They had a pretty good connection. I think that that could actually boost his value a little bit more, too. I, I think he's going to be a contributor on this team regardless. It's not like Kyle – not Kyle Allen. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about the old backup quarterbacks, <laughs> the commanders. But um, Taylor Heineke, Heineke. – yeah, it's not like Heineke was a humongous drop-off um, for Jahan Dotson. Obviously, those first three weeks where he came back from injury looked bad, and I was kind of buying into that. I was like, okay, it doesn't look like Heineke's targeting him. But then he came back. He was ending up targeting. He just wasn't participating on the, on the route tree a whole lot. Um, but now we have Jahan Dotson. He looks good again. I think he's on a roll. I don't think it's going to matter who starts a quarterback. He should be able to get it done. But I do agree that DJ Chark is a better play. It makes sense to have him higher than Jahan Dotson this week. Yeah, and you know, part of the reason why I think McLaurin was out-targeted in this game, uh, it's just because you know the 49ers have played a lot better on the on their right side and on the offense's left left side against perimeter wide receivers. That's where uh, Terry McLaurin runs most of his routes from. Uh, they've given up the third least fantasy points to McLaurin's side uh, over the last, actually over the course of the season. So right. they've been stout on that side. And, you know, like we talked about coming in, that's why we like Dotson coming into last week, just because of the matchup in the slot and the right perimeter. That's really where 
uh, you know, the 49ers have let up a little bit this season. So I can I, I understand why that happened this week. Not super surprised about it. Yeah. Um, so I got Romeo Dubs here at number four. He's here, number one, because the Packers have Minnesota this week. Yep. And he ran most of his routes on that left side that we keep talking about against Minnesota, <laughs> right? Uh, he ran most of his routes on that side this past week. So uh, he's also this high because Christian Watson's hip injury, right? And, yeah. you know, if Christian Watson's out, you know, Alan Lazard is obviously rostered everywhere. So Dubs would be the replacement uh, if Watson can't go. He did replace Watson in his role when Watson left the game in that second half uh, on that was on Sunday, right? Yeah, on Sunday. So if Watson does go, I think Dubs is still in flex consideration for upside in yep. this matchup. But if if Watson doesn't go, I'm thinking I'm going to try to get Dubs, Dubs in my lineup like somehow, some way. Yeah. I think he's a slam dunk if Christian Watson doesn't play. You know, obviously, Romeo Dubs, we have him under guys like Jahan Dotson and DJ Chark. I assume that's because of that, you know, ambiguity regarding Christian Watson's status. But I think you're pretty safe playing him regardless, even if Watson does go because of that Minnesota Vikings matchup. You know, it's perfect. Like this is the perfect storm that you want. If you can get Christian Watson being out and the Vikings defense and in the same week with Romeo Dubs, like this guy on the waiver wire, he could be humongous. He could win some fancy championships. I think definitely. Um, I'm not sure if the ceiling is going to be like 30 points, but we've seen guys like we just talked about yesterday, Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James, who are further down this list. They were getting it done against the Vikings defense. Like, I thought maybe there would be a little consolation for the Vikings defense there and that they could stop somebody, but that clearly isn't the case. And we talked about that left side, like you said. They're just letting up a ton of fantasy points that way. It doesn't take a whole lot to see that this would be a really good pickup if you could get him, especially if everything falls into place the way we just outlined it. So I, I picked up Romeo Dubs a couple of weeks ago. I have Christian Watson on this on this team, you know, that yeah. I'm in the championship with. And uh, I have Watson and I have Dubs. So, you know, if Watson doesn't play, obviously I'll put Dubs in. Right. Uh, but if Watson does play, like I'm going to consider, I'm still going to consider dubs yeah. in my flex, just, you know, just for, for, for a little bit of upside. I, I, I still feel like he's a, a still a decent play. Uh, even if Watson can't go, especially if Watson is, has a chance to be limited, right? It's possible mm -hmm. that we see Watson limited all week, come into the game and then him not get, you know, the full, a full complement of snaps that could happen too. Um, he might not need it, because, you know, any given play, he can score a touchdown. Um, but, you know, something to keep an eye on this week. But at the end of the day, I'm just hoping Christian Watson plays, dude. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Against Minnesota, yeah. like, you do not want – like, you look at that matchup, and you're just like, man, come on. You got to play. Yeah. <laughs> and he has play. to get redemption for that missed catch earlier in the season. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That, that would just be the storyline right there. Um, but with Romeo Dubs, if, say Christian Watson doesn't go. Do you think he could be like a sneaky DFS play, Romeo Dubs? I feel like he won't even be sneaky. Like I feel like he's you gonna don't be think chalk. He'll be sneaky. Okay. No, I feel like he'll be chalk. Like I feel like a lot of like people because he's gonna be so cheap. I'm, I I imagine he's sub four k uh, on DraftKings. He might be sub three k possibly. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I gotta check. But I'm I'm guessing like on DraftKings he'll be sub four k and he'll be in a lot of lineups. Right. Yeah. I would I would even I would say that Lazard might be less owned, less rostered. <laughs> have a lower roster percentage than dubs because Lazard's price will be higher. Yeah. I think you know that makes total sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you're, yeah. you're going to be able Lazard, to pick up dubs really easily. Go ahead. Yeah. I think in DFS, Lazard might be the sneaky play. It's, it's weird though, because it's just like, well, Lazard <laughs> led them in targets last week. Wouldn't you play right. Lazard? Like, I don't know. 
the, the price is seen, the price will be so attractive for yeah. Romeo Dubs next week. We've seen Lazard. He gets a lot of targets, but sometimes he doesn't do a whole lot with it. You know, he can get a lot of targets. Well, listen, man, before Christian Watson, you know, came into the picture, like Lazard was killing it, dude. Like before Christian Watson came into the picture, let's take a look real quick, dude. Let's take a quick look. He okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tee off his fantasy performances in a row. 14 points, 17, 13, 17, 11, 18. All right. And then Christian Watson kind of came on at that point uh, in week yeah. 10. So, you know, he he was pretty consistent and he was consistently scoring touchdowns. solid. Yeah. Yeah. And and against Minnesota this week, Lazard's going to be in my lineup. Yeah. He's going to be sense. in my lineup this week. Of course. You know, regardless of <laughs> regardless of whether Christian Watson is playing or not. And if he's not playing, obviously, he'll definitely be in there for sure. Um, all right. Let's move on. I, you know, we spoke about Zach Moss earlier. I have him in here at number five, just in case you need a running back. He's probably my favorite. Like who? So I have three running backs here. Uh, you know, obviously Algier is the running back pickup of the week if he's available. But if he's not available, we have Zach Moss here in this top ten at number five. We have Chuba Hubbard at eight. Well, I have Chuba Hubbard at eight. I want to get Zach's, Zach's opinion on this. Uh, and then I have Gus Edwards at ten. Yeah. Would you prefer to pick up Zach Moss this week over guys like Chuba Hubbard and Gus Edwards? Uh, yeah, I think okay. so. He's in line for you know. We want to call it number one workload. He's a primary he's not, back. Yeah. yeah, the talent isn't fantastic. You know, the situation, the offense he's on is not very good, but he's going to get the volume. And I think that's a safer bet than Chuba Hubbard. He didn't right. have fantastic volume last week. He ran for 125 yards, though. So right. I don't expect that to happen every week. And Gus Edwards, he's been, you know, he's he's splitting carries all season with J.K. Dobbins and stuff. I'm not too worried about him having a huge game over Zach yeah. Moss. So I would definitely go Zach Moss. Um, I agree. But definitely pay attention to these running backs, though, because – I don't know if you heard, like, the rumors are out that Derrick Henry might not play this week. So you're going to need, you're going to, you might need to replace him. He's dealing with yeah. a hip injury. And, and they we have play Hassan, on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. We have Hassan Haskins down at 20 here. Right. Um, so keep that in mind. Now, I have him down at 20. I would have him higher if Malik Willis wasn't their quarterback. Will they be able <laughs> to move the ball? Right. That's my only concern. Like, you know, Hassan Haskins isn't necessarily a one-for-one replacement with Derrick Henry. If Tannehill was playing, I would feel way more confident, and he'll probably be in the top 10 here, to be honest with you, just to pick him up because yeah. you never know, right? And Derrick Henry, he, he didn't practice yesterday, like you said, so it could be a situation where Henry's out this week. Yeah, um, I, I like any of these. Like, Tyler Algier would be my ideal one-for-one placement because, I mean, obvious, for obvious reasons, we have him as a yeah. number one. But you could also Definitely. get by with Zach Moss, I think. Chuba Hubbard in a pinch. Uh, Gus the reason why... Is where I draw the line. I'm like, okay, maybe I want to look elsewhere or figure something yeah. else out. I agreed. Um, yeah, the thing with Zach Moss is that you know he doesn't really have a cap on his workload. Yeah, right. And that that's that's kind of why I have him here at number five. Like he can easily get 20 carries, you know, next yep. week against the Giants. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Giants, I have Isaiah Hodgins here at number six. Coming into last night, the Colts were giving up the second most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks and the eighth most over the last eight weeks. So Hodgins has a great matchup, and he's now had three top 24 finishes in his last four games. So, you know, you got to keep an eye on that. And then I have Richie James, uh, his teammate at seven. The Colts have also been vulnerable out of the slot lately because they've been missing Kenny Moore. And that's part of the reason, like we mentioned earlier, part of the reason why Kenny, why Keenan, I'm sorry, not Kenny, Keenan Allen uh, was just like a target funnel last night, more than 40% of target share. Yeah. Um, so if Kenny Moore is out again, Richie James should be in consideration to play as like a PPR wide receiver three. If Kenny Moore plays, I would not play Richie James because yeah. they've been stout with Kenny Moore uh, in in you know in their nickel spot. Um, you know when he does end up actually playing. 
So say Richie James gets not Kenny Moore. Do you think he's a better play than Isaiah Hodgins this week? I think he's more reliable, I okay. would say, in PPR. The floor might yes. be safer? I think so. I, I, I think, think both of these guys safer. are really good upside plays, you know, against yeah. the Colts. That, and that's what they were last week, obviously, against Minnesota, and they came through. Um, that actually gives me a little bit of confidence for them. You know, I wasn't sure how confident I would be coming out of that matchup, but they both got it done um, with Daniel Jones at quarterback. And obviously, quarterback situation in Indianapolis and perfect I, – what am I talking about? Indianapolis, New England, New England, New York. <laughs> I, I, it's the same quarterback situation, but um, I, I like these guys this week. Obviously, last week it was going to be the it was going to like set the bar and see what my expectations for them would be this week. Um, I think it's pretty high. I think they're both really good flex plays. You can have them at your wide receiver three, and I think that Richie James, like you say, if that matchup goes right, he might have wide receiver two upside. We'll see how it goes. I can see it. Chuba Harvard mentioned him already. He's at number eight here. Uh, the Panthers, they were up all game this past week against the Lions, so they didn't really have to throw a whole lot. He didn't get any targets, but he is their primary pass catching back in that backfield if it gets down to that. Uh, but they're going up against the Bucks this week, right? And there could yeah. be enough overall volume to go around for both him and Deontay Foreman. This is crazy, okay? <laughs> this goes to show that the Bucks don't really like to score that many points. Yeah. Tampa is now the fifth lowest, excuse me, uh, I'm like I'm 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 so shocked here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Tampa is now the fifth lowest scoring team in the NFL on a per game basis. Yeah, and it, there's can a you stat, believe that? There's a stat that I saw. They've gone over 23 points once this season. That's it. Oh my god, like that's bad <laughs> for a Tom Brady offense. And with the weapons they have, like it's, it's just not adding up how that's worked. That's brutal. Yeah. So I think regardless, like you said of how this game goes, the running backs are going to be viable. There's going to be no negative game script for either team, I don't think, unless the Panthers come out swinging and rush for another 300 yards on the Buccaneers. You know, they're going to be involved regardless. I do like Juba Hubbard, uh, definitely. He's close to Zach Moss. It's just the fact that he's splitting carries. And Raheem Blackshear coming in and vulturing touchdowns is not convenient at all. Don't know what that's about. But, um, yeah, he's he's going to be a thorn in the side for anybody who has Juba Hubbard or Deontay Foreman. They both got it done last week, but in games where they're not rushing for 320 yards, you know, that's going to come through and, and be troublesome for someone that has Chuba Hubbard. So I think having him here at eight under guys like Zach Moss, like you said, and Tyler Alger makes sense. But I think he's a really nice play because of that receiving work. We didn't see any of that last week. And like you said, can't be surprised when you're running for that many yards. They're just going to keep pounding the rock. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, let's see. Jawan Johnson here at number nine. You know, he's just a touchdown machine. You know, yep. pretty much. He's not going to be dealing with the elements this week, right? He does have a really tough matchup, though, against Philly. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you don't have that many options at tight end. He's still a good streamer because he's been that touchdown machine. Uh, and you also have Chris Olave banged up right now with a hamstring injury. Who knows if he's going to play this week? We'll see what the practice reports look like tomorrow. Um, yeah. But if Chris Olave is out, then, you know, Jawan Johnson becomes an even better play. Yeah, he's a good play, I think, regardless, as long as the weather isn't like it was last week. Um, especially with the tight end landscape the way it is. He was a touchdown machine, and we talked about this yesterday. Um, you just want to take guys that are on touchdown streaks and just hope for the best. He had his bad game. He should be able to come back. Dawson Knox is the same kind of player. You know, he, he's on a touchdown streak right now. You can maybe stream him. But Juwan Johnson, he's been much more um, consistent as far as contributing to the offense than Dawson Knox this season, especially with Chris Olave out, like you said. Um, there's not many pass catchers left for, the, for Andy Dalton to go to. So I, I like Juwan Johnson here at nine at, at tight end you mentioned it's a tough matchup against philly but i think they can get it done i feel like there's no reason for the saints like do you think there's any reason for the saints to play um chris olave 
No. Like, is there any? I, I wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? I mean, unless like, why, why? Why try to reaggravate? Yeah. You know? Plus, you if even if they try to make the playoffs, you know, if that's what you're talking <laughs> about, like, are they going to go anywhere? Like, no. I, they're not going to do anything in the playoffs um, with with Chris Olave. There's no reason. I just let him get through this season. You know, maybe rest him the rest of the way. Just start new next season. Hopefully, they have a quarterback yeah. at that point that he can work with. You know, kind of grow with um, in his second year. It's part of the reason why we have R- Rashid Shahid at number sixteen, uh, just in <laughs> case Chris Olave is out. Yeah. Again, you know what I mean? Because you know he could end up doing something this week against Philly. Um, let's see. But it is a tough matchup, though, right? Obviously, yeah. for the Philly on the perimeter—they're they're pretty pretty tough. Yeah. <clears throat> now let's see. Uh, Gus Edwards at number ten here, just a running back who can give you ten to fifteen touches, right? If Lamar plays, he gets an upgrade. Nothing really else to say there. You know what I'm no. saying? He was efficient this past week, but you know, expect somewhere between like forty and you know seventy yards on the ground, something yeah. like that. If he He's, scores, he- great. Yeah, he's good for the same amount of work and pretty much the same production every week. And that touch, that upside comes with the touchdowns. Um, that that's kind of what J.K. Dobbins has been too. Um, Dobbins, I'd say, is a low end RB two with upside. Gus Edwards is high end RB three with upside. That's pretty much how I yeah. look at this. And, I'm not like, and, and and I think it's because that you know, uh, it's because J.K. Dobbins gets the first crack at the touchdowns, right? Pretty much. Yeah. And I'm not excited about either of these guys in my lineup, but definitely if you need somebody to just fill in. You can you can get by. It's not going to be fantastic, but you're not going to be left hanging, and that's really all you can ask for. I got Greg Dorch at number eleven. Will Greg Dorch play in the slot this week? Who knows? <laughs> he magically reappeared. You know, yep. sending Hollywood to the outside. He ended up with eleven targets and three carries. And you know, this type of opportunity, like whenever he's playing in the slot, he gets it. But you know, was it because Hollywood was a little bit banged up coming into the game? You know, who the hell knows, dude? He's a boom-bust play for me this week. He's, he has a floor of zero. He might not even get any snaps in this game. You know, just like the past couple weeks, he was hardly on the field. He didn't play. Um, but he can also potentially get you eight catches, too. So, yeah. like, complete boom-bust. You know, really hard to trust this week. But, you know, they do go up against Atlanta, you know, who ha- they haven't been good against slot-wide receivers. So if he is a slot-wide receiver this week, he's going to have a good day. We just yeah. don't know what the hell is going to happen. I don't know. I might be calling a bust here uh, this week for Greg Dorch. Um, you can pick him up. I'm not excited about starting him. I'd be kind of disappointed if I have to start him. Uh, but this is the thing. I don't know if Trace McSorley is going to be starting if Colt McCoy comes back. But at this point, I'm clamoring for Colt McCoy. Who would have thought that we'd be asking for him <laughs> to come back? Because Please DeAndre back. Hopkins had one catch last week. And Marquise Brown was more of the same. He didn't have a very good day. It wasn't one catch. It was a couple catches. Um, obviously Greg Dorch, it's good to see him back, but I think, like I said, that kind of goes with Trace McSorley. They probably have a little bit more connection than the other guys. You don't want to bake it down just to that, but I think that's a big reason why. If we can see Colt McCoy come back, that top heavy target distribution, I think will kind of resurrect. And this week it'll be more of a a better play for DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown than, uh, Greg Dorch this week. So I I think that this is kind of a blip on the radar. I mean, obviously, like we said, he's boom bust. That's what you expect from somebody who is boom bust or blip on the radar. But this week, not a humongous fan. I think if Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy comes back, we might see him return to that uh, zero point floor pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I got Tyler Conklin here at twelve. You know, with Mike White back this week, good matchup against the Seahawks. You know, all the wide receivers have tough matchups against the Seahawks. Seahawks have been very stout against wide receivers right. this year especially lately. So, you know, some targets can potentially funnel Conklin's way this week with Mike White back. So 
uh, you know, he's a, another good tight end pickup. I think him and Juwan Johnson would be the main tight end pickups this week. Um, and then we got Matt Collins at 13. You know, he's just one of those like wide receivers that just stay on the waiver wire. Yep. You know, if you need somebody, you know, you can pick him up. Um, I forgot who the Raiders were playing this week, but it was a decent matchup. The Raiders uh, were playing San Fran this week. Yeah, San Fran, exactly. So Matt Collins, you know, runs most of his routes on that right side, you know, where Jahan Dotson did his thing. Like that's where he's running his routes from on yeah. that side. So there is a little bit of upside here for Matt Collins this week. And then you got Corey Davis at 14. You know, I have Elijah Moore also down at 19. You know, between those two guys, like, I think I trust Corey Davis more. Just keep in mind, this is a tough matchup, right, against the Seahawks. But right. you know, with Mike White back, you know, I can see, obviously, the play is, you know, the only guy you can really trust right now uh, is Garrett Wilson. And by the way, yes, he is going to be a top 15 wide receiver play for me this week because Mike White is back, Yeah, uh, regardless. Uh, but between Corey Davis and Elijah Moore with Davis back healthy, I kind of just trust him more, dude, at this point. Yeah, he's a veteran. You know, he's going to be able to yeah. get open. Elijah Moore has been he, – he went up to that route participation that was in – what's it called? In promising. But I think yeah. Corey Davis has a better chance to have a better day this week. As long as Mike White is playing, you know, you can, like, re-add these guys. He probably dropped them when he saw that Zach Wilson was coming back to play. And then now that right. he's out, you can pick them back up. I think they're all upside plays because if Mike White gets things going, you know, they've been a very good passing offense. Lots of yards, targets to go around, and you can kind of rely on that if you need to. But um, it's a tough these matchup. Are, so, these are playoff games for the Jets. Uh, yeah. They have to win out. Uh, so the way that the Jets are going to get in is if they win out and then either the – I think it's the Dolphins have to lose or the Patriots have to lose. It's one or the other, something like that. Right. I forgot what it was. Um and- but, but, so they, but they have to win out regardless. <laughs> they have to win out regardless. Yeah, and Mike White couldn't be coming back at a better time for that because the offense has just been anemic these past few weeks. So I think Mike White comes back. Like The only reason I'm happy taking these guys and putting them on my bench, I'm not necessarily sticking them in my lineup and being happy about it, but if I have to, um, Mike White is the reason that I'm okay with that. If this were Zach Wilson again, or maybe even – I mean, I think if Joe Flacco were playing too, I would be all right. <laughs> You know, right, I wouldn't be right. as worried about it, but anything but Zach Wilson. And you could say, okay, they have some upside this week. So I, I like Corey Davis and Elijah Moore um, if you need to. Uh, Mike White is the determining factor. Yeah, I can see that. I have Russell Gage here at 15. You know, really just a desperate play. You know, um, Julio Jones has been banged up. So Russell Gage has stepped in and he's, you know, had two decent games over the past two weeks. He had three touchdowns in his last three games, uh, five catches each of the last two games. So like, you know, he's like a uh, PPR flex play, you know, if you need him. But, you know, completely boom bust. He has a floor of zero. Uh, don't want to trust him. But if you have to, if you're in a deeper league, Russell Gage is somebody who's widely available and can potentially, you know, do some things in only in PPR, though. Uh, even yeah. though he scored a couple touchdowns before this past week, like I, I don't really trust him to keep being that red zone target for Tom Brady. I don't either. I don't understand and, why he's. And remember, they also don't really score that much. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Like we said, but they haven't gone over twenty three points except for one time this season. So that touchdown. Can I ask you a question, outside, Zach? Yeah. Who are you playing more? Who are you playing uh, this week? Mike Evans or Russell Gage? If Julio's out. Oh, it's so tough. <laughs> Who would think this would be a tough question? You know, coming into the season. <laughs> I think I'm going with Mike Evans. It's just the way it is. I, <laughs> Russell will not Russell Wilson. Russell Gage is a spot start and just a hail mary. You know, if you need it, I'm not taking Mike Evans out at this point. I think he has a better chance of showing up than Russell Gage does. But um, I get why just the that way question. you say Russell Gage, 
I get Gage. Yeah, I get I get why it's a question. I completely understand because Russell Russell Gage has had two very good games relative to Mike. You know, it, it just doesn't look like Mike Evans is going to do a whole lot uh, the rest of the season. But I trust Mike Evans, even though it's very hard to to get have a bigger a bigger game than Russell Gage at this point. I get it. Uh, that's, that's funny. Uh, so we, we had Rashid, Rashid Shahid at 16, uh, just in case Chris Olave is out. Still a tough matchup for him, but you know he, he can burn any corner in the league. Uh, Noah yeah. Fant at 17, you know he had a like he was nowhere to be found last week uh, in no. that game. He ended up luckily scoring a touchdown late the only against touchdown. Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, the only touchdown you know for Geno Smith. So. He's somebody you can plug in this week because the Jets, uh, they're very good against perimeter wide receivers, but they have let up against tight ends lately and this year in general. So Noah Fan can't potentially be somebody that you stream this week. But And I think a lot of it has to do with him being a little bit banged up coming into the game. So if he gets you know some full practices full practices this week, I think uh, you, know, you can be a little bit more confident plugging him in your lineup because he was kind of like a game day decision of whether yeah. he was going to be active or not going into last week. Um, so just keep that in mind. It wasn't a very promising, you know, stat line that we saw. You see, he puts up nine PPR points. Like you figure that's like four catches for 50 some yards. No, there was a touchdown in there. So he wasn't getting a whole <laughs> lot of looks. You know, the, the workload wasn't there. You mentioned his injury that could be contributing to it. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure how much I trust the Seahawks offense anymore at this point. I mean, Kenneth Walker, you know, he's going to be carrying the ball. But outside of that, DK Metcalf, he's been all right. But Geno Smith isn't distributing the ball as well. Um, we saw that first the first game without Tyler Lockett didn't look good. Do we know if Tyler Lockett's playing this week? Because if they get him back, uh, no, like, we don't. I might be more inclined to play no offense if Tyler Lockett comes back, just because it seems like Geno is a better quarterback when Tyler Lockett's on the field. So just something that I'm going to keep an eye on this week. Obviously, you can't chalk it up to that, but no offense. Um, I don't think the workload is there enough. The offense wasn't scoring enough touchdowns at all without Tyler Lockett for me to say I can start him over other guys like Tyler Conklin this week. Right, right. No, I get that. I get that. I think Fant, if he gets some full practices in, he'll be more, he'll get more targets this week against the Jets because yeah. I don't know how many targets, you know, DK Metcalf is going to get against that perimeter defense. You know, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. DK Metcalf is a good receiver. You know, he, he I don't think the matchup is going to scare him away or cause him to have a horrific game. But um, we've seen DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner shut guys down before. I'm going to say that DK Metcalf falls outside the top 24 this week. Is that your bold prediction? Or you think it's not too bold? I don't even I don't even know if it's that bold. All right. So you're confident in your guys. I, I like it. I like it. We'll see how it goes. Know. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. Um, so I got Michael Gallup here at number 18. Uh Gallup has been obviously, you know, on and off, right? Yep. Like he's just a, you know, somebody that you could throw into your flex if you're desperate. Um, but you know, he had a decent game this past week. You know, he had that touchdown. But the main reason why um i'm interested in picking him up if i'm desperate is because they play the titans this week and yeah. you know titans have not been good against perimeter wide receivers this past week i love cd lamb uh because of how good philly is on the perimeter and how not so great they've been against slot wide receivers so yeah. cd lamb was able to do his thing and he did uh but this week it's kind of the opposite where cd lamb you know doesn't have the best matchup in the world but michael gallup and, and noah brown do so that's the reason why i like michael gallup i'm assuming you'll start michael gallup over noah, noah brown Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Without hesitation. Just Michael Gallup, he's a much better bet to, to score a touchdown than Noah Brown. Um, yeah. Noah Brown gets targets, but he's he's not anywhere the threat that Michael Gallup is, especially once you get down in the red zone. Uh, they, they routinely throw fades to him. So he has yeah. a much higher touchdown upside, Michael Gallup does, than Noah Brown. Uh, that one's not even a question for me. Okay. 
And then we have Elijah Moore at 19 here. Another deep, deep, you know, play if you need somebody. You know, we yeah. saw Juju, you know, not really get it done out of the slot this past week against the Seahawks. Okay, so keep that in mind going into this week with Elijah Moore coming out of the slot as well. However, route participation is there. Talent is there. And the Jets just have to win this game. So Elijah Moore uh, is an option if you're desperate. And then we I, have a Hassan. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I wonder, but this is just a season-long question. You know, we're kind of jumping. Yeah. Not season-long, but maybe next season. Oh, Elijah sure, Moore. sure. Elijah Moore. Do you think there's a chance for a revival if they get an actual quarterback? I mean, I know Mike White. Oh, yeah. He's an actual quarterback. He's an actual quarterback, sure. But, hell yeah. you know, if they go get somebody like, I don't want to say Lamar Jackson, but there's a chance, you know, depending on how contract negotiation goes there. I wonder how involved Elijah Moore will be next season. Like, I don't think the Jets are giving up on him. Do you? I think I think it's not about the quarterback. I think it's about Elijah Moore, honestly. I, okay. And as long as it's not Zach Wilson, <laughs> I should preface that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, because Jack Wilson is not a capable quarterback at all right now, right? Mm-hmm. And you just need a capable quarterback, I think, for someone like Elijah Moore who has the t- type of talent he has. You know what? I'm, I'll be honest with you, man. I was a big fan of Elijah Moore coming into this year. I think the reason why Elijah Moore didn't have a good year is because of Elijah Moore. You know, it's because he might have come into this season thinking that he was the shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He might have come into the season thinking that he's the number one. Um, you know, I went to camp. I talked to Elijah Moore. You know, mm-hmm. I tried to talk to him. He was a little diva to me. You know, yeah. I'm not even going to lie. He was being a little diva to me. I was on the field with him. I was right next to him. You know, he was, you know, being a little diva. No one else yeah. did. Garrett Wilson, the most humble dude on the planet. You know what I'm well, saying? Yeah, he's like, a rookie. What, what's he he is do? a rookie. But like... <laughs> But dude, like the way, like there was night and day, you know, when you talk yeah. about it. and Corey, but Corey Davis, Corey Davis, the nicest dude in the world. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I was, he's a like, veteran. He was, he's been around. Yeah, he's been around. He's he's cool. But you know, so yeah, Elijah Moore. I felt like you know he had some, you know, he, he was up there. Like his head, you know, was like really yeah. big. You, um, you tried telling think, him for us, Garrett Wilson. He's number one. But you know, he, he didn't take it. <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. Like it, it's funny because you know, I, I think. You know, he ate a he ate some like as you would say. You know, he had that humble pie, yeah. Th- this year, and I think coming into next year, like I said, like I think he could be on that Brandon IU career arc, where yeah. second year, Hopefully. you know, first year showed a lot of promise, just like Elijah Moore did. Second year, doghouse, not so great year. Third year, I think Elijah Moore can potentially, you know, work harder this offseason to prove that you are capable of being a number one wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. And then come through because I think he is capable, but he yeah. took a big step back this year. And I think, you know, coming into next year, I think him and him and um, uh, Gary Wilson could become a serious one-two punch, right. I, I would say. You know, so I know Elijah Moore is going to go super late in drafts. I'm taking that shot again. Yeah. <laughs> just like just like we were taking shots with um, with Brandon Ayuk yeah. this year, right? Going in the ninth round. Yeah. Um, I, I so, did and, say. And I think that was worth it. Um, I, obviously, yeah. now with Brock Purdy, not so much. But, you know, before that, he was doing really well. I think I remember I did say going into this season or over the offseason when they drafted Garrett Wilson, I said they didn't draft him to play behind Elijah Moore. So, yeah, it doesn't look like that was it looks like that was the case um, that they didn't. Draft Garrett him to play Wilson's that dude. But I, yeah. I, I, I firmly believe and I'm still going to hold on to this, that Elijah Moore is not he's not having the type of year, not because Garrett Wilson showed out is so super talented. I think it's because of himself. I think both Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore could have killed it this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Elijah Moore, it's also just magnified, you know, obviously struggles that he's had with the quarterback situation in New York. You know, obviously all that turnover and having week-to-week inconsistency, like it's just going to make him look worse. Because every time you start to warm up a quarterback, he's out with an injury. 
or he gets benched. <laughs> so it's like, right. That's the way right. it's been in New York for a while too. So obviously not the most ideal situation, but hopefully they can lock down that quarterback situation. Cause I, I do like Elijah Moore too, as far as a talent perspective. I remember watching those training camp videos of him one handing catches, you know, and stuff like that. Yep. I was like, man, the breakout is upon us and it's just been quiet this season. So I, I still trust him. I hope he sticks around on the jets, but um, we'll see. Free agency is yeah. weird. We'll, we'll see what happens. He's not yeah, going to we'll be well. He, he still has a couple years. Yeah, yeah he trades. Years, I don't know. I don't know how much you're going to get for him in a trade at this point. It probably isn't worth it. It's not. Just keep him. He's a yeah. he's a talented wide receiver. Um, Hassan Haskins at twenty. Um, and he's only here like we mentioned earlier. Derrick Henry didn't practice yesterday. Titans don't really have any reasons to play Derrick Henry this week, so right. they could rest starters. They could rest him. You know, just to kind of keep him prepared uh, and ready. Uh, for their week seventeen, week eighteen matchup against the Jaguars, it's very possible. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's pretty much it. I mean, like, and like I mentioned with Haskins, like I don't trust Haskins this week. Yeah, but I would. he's somebody to pick up just in case you're desperate at the running back position. Yeah, um, that, that would be with, a, with, with Malik Willis. It's like it's really tough to trust that offense. That would be a desperate, desperate play if you're putting Haskins and Haskins in. It's not because Dallas has been fantastic against been fantastic against the run. They have not. But um, just like you said, the ceiling for this offense is not very high. Although, I wouldn't be surprised. Dallas has played teams at rock bottom before, <clears throat> Green Bay, and they had a big game. <laughs> Christian Watson breakout, you know, that's when that happened. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. May- I don't think a Hassan Haskins breakout is going to happen, but maybe he puts up respectable numbers. You can add him as, you know, perspective add just in case yeah. Derrick Henry doesn't go. I don't think they're yeah. going to play a whole lot of starters because regardless of whether they win or lose or the Jaguars win or lose, it's just the division is on the line in week 18. Um, exactly. So it doesn't matter what happens this week. I wouldn't be surprised to see them just rest all their starters. That's going to yeah. do it for this waiver wire episode. Uh, actually, let's, should we go over some quarterback streamers, dude? Let's go over some quarter just in case. Yeah, we you can. know, If you're in the finals, most likely you have your quarterback. But let's just go over some quarterback streamers before uh, we sign off here. Um, you know, let me ask you a question, man. Like, you're obviously done with Russell Wilson, right? Like, there's no way. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm done. There's absolutely no way. Okay, okay. <laughs> Did you see who they who they elevated to be the interim head coach no, on the Broncos staff? I don't know his name, but it's the clock management strategist that they elevated to be the head coach. The you mean the guy coach. who's been terrible this year? Yeah, that who's been advising Nathaniel Hackett on his time management. <laughs> oh, geez. And everybody oh, was clowning him for that. And then the other thing, just also, because since we're talking about quarterbacks too, Tua, he did enter the concussion protocol. He did. did. you see that? So like, did. Yeah. maybe that's not a conspiracy theory. Maybe that's what happened because I, I know I talked about that yesterday. I just yep, thought that was yep. interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. So Teddy Bridgewater, you know, could be somebody that you potentially stream this week, you know, given the fact that they do have some really good weapons there, right? Teddy yeah. Bridgewater going up against New England, you know, could be a potential streamer. Uh, but who would you rather stream? Would you rather stream Brock Purdy this week against the, against the Raiders? I, I'd take Brock Purdy, <laughs> the way they're yeah. playing. It's just such a perfect system to just be an efficient, you know, 15, 16-point quarterback, and that's what he's been. He's not turning yeah. the ball over. You don't have to worry about negative points like you do with Nick Foles, like you did last week um, yeah. or last night. I, I think Brock Purdy, he's been a good streamer. He's been on my radar, you know, this whole time. Um, I, I so think, I like I think Daniel Daniel Jones too against Indy uh, at home. Yep. I think that's a solid solid play. Uh, Mike White against Seattle, man. Like, I don't know. You know, I know that they need to get the job done. Yeah. But how how are you feeling about that one? The matchup doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence, but I think that he can get it done. Um, we've seen him in this offense before, and they put up points. You know, regardless of who they're playing against. Who would you rather play, Mike White or or Brock Purdy? 
I, I like Mike Brock, White. I think his upside Brock, is much higher, but Brock Purdy is like the secure thing. Right, right. I, Hopefully I you're not making this decision if you're in the championship. Hopefully you're not reduced you to this, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, you might. I, I mean, I'm I'm obviously playing like guys like Jared Goff, you know, guys like that over 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 um, you know, over all these guys that we just mentioned, right? Yeah. I'm pl- probably playing him over Daniel Jones. Um, don't try Malik see. Willis on Thursday. That's a given. Don't don't <laughs> don't do that. What about Mac Jones against Miami? Are you are you into that at all? Um I I in a pinch. He has a floor that's all right. He, Just in I, case all these guys are not available, I guess. Yeah, things have to work perfectly for Mac Jones to have a good fantasy day. And they True. have not been going very well. Things haven't been going very well <laughs> the past like, couple of weeks. There, there has to be deflected passes in the end yes, zone for, to Jacoby for, Myers. Him, to, yeah. for him to uh, do his thing. Jacoby Myers has been very interesting over the past couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> he's been on a bit of a roller coaster ride yeah there's nobody who's started him this week this past week you know obviously after right. what happened the week before um <laughs> it's amazing he gets doghoused in fantasy for something that you know obviously he lost negative two points and it cost some people right. some games but he got doghoused just for that one play you know where the rest <laughs> of the season he's been all right let me ask you this uh you know if jalen hurts is out again where would you put Gardner Minshew? you know with all these guys that we just mentioned at the top yeah I, I He's going up so. against New Orleans this week. I think he is like a beefed up, higher upside version of Brock Purdy because, again, the offense around him is very good. He has plenty of weapons. The offensive line is good. Obviously, they take a hit with Lane Johnson being out, but I'm not too worried about it. We saw him. He was mobile. He was able to extend plays. I'm not worried about Gardner Minshew at all. I think he has a really nice ceiling um, this week. So I, I, I'm starting Gardner Minshew over all those guys. If you, There's a good chance if you had Jalen Hurts, you probably picked him up. And he served pretty much almost as a one-for-one replacement. He just didn't have the rushing upside. Top streaming tight ends this week. We, you know, we talked about Tyler Conklin. We talked about Juwan Johnson. Uh, Cade Auden took a little bit of a lead in that tight end room between him and Cameron Braid, like maybe. Uh, Greg Dulcich against Kansas City, but he's banged up. He has a hamstring injury, so monitor that in case you were depending on him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's available in some leagues. Noah Fant would be the next one up. Uh, Trey McBride, maybe a little sneaky, you know, because he's going up against Atlanta this week, you know. But that's if you're super desperate, and that's really about it. But what about, really what about, about it. Shane Zilstra? <laughs> Guys, don't no. pick up Shane Zilstra. No, no. Okay. No. Uh, it was very fluky, his three-touchdown game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good luck this week, guys. Oh, all right. did uh, anybody yeah, DM right. you with pictures of Shane Zilstra in their lineup? No. <laughs> no. Right. No one DM'd yeah. me. I got zero Perfect. DMs on that. Yeah. So, no, didn't happen. Zero percent started this past <laughs> week. Yeah. Um, We'll be back tomorrow with our quarterback and running back rankings. Uh, So let's get it, man. Let's get it to a championship week, to a championship trophy. Let's get it, guys. All right. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. See you guys later. Hope you guys get who you want in your waivers. See you later. Bye-bye.